This week on the Tech on Tap podcast, the NetApp documentation team stops by to tell us what they've been up to and how they're embracing open source. Welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast with Justin Parisi. I love NetApp. Oh, yeah. NetApp. I love this company. Zipok. Zipok. I love NetApp because it's so funny. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast. My name is Justin Parisi. I'm here in the basement of my house and today we're going to talk about NetApp documentation. And I know that sounds like the most thrilling of topics, but I promise we're going to make it interesting. Uh, To do that today, we've brought a few of the documentation people here. Uh, Let's start off with Adam Newton. Hi, Adam. What do you do here at NetApp? How do I reach you? Hey, Justin, how are you? Um, I am the Director of Information Engineering Content Services at NetApp, which is our kind of fancy term for tech clubs. And my team writes the documentation that uh, goes out with all of our products. And uh, you can reach me uh, via Twitter at at Adam F. Newton. All right, what's the F for? Can't tell you. I'd have to kill you. Okay, I thought it was like... We'd have to censor or something. Um, so uh, yes, actually, that is true. <laughs> Adam F and Newton. All right, um, <laughs> love it. Jen Kaufman's also here today. Hi, Jen. What do you do? How do we reach you? Hey, Justin. Um, I am Jennifer Kaufman. I work for Adam in the information engineering department. I've been at NetApp for 15, 16 years. I don't know. I keep having to increase the number of years every time I mention how long I've been here. I can be reached on Twitter at the Jen Kaufman. All right. And last but not least, Axel Davis. What do you do? How do we reach you? Hey, um, I'm a tools developer uh, working in information engineering here at NetApp. I report to a peer to Adam uh, and I am primarily responsible for the technical processes that our docs.netapp.com domain and our extended content teams. Uh, You can find me on LinkedIn and NetApp uh, employee directory under uh, my name, A-K-S-E-L. All right. Um, And for people that are not uh, external to NetApp, um, we can can forward requests through the the NetApp docs, Twitter, or uh, DL. So we'll include those in the show notes. Um, so, you know, just to kind of level set here, I want to go with, you know, what does NetApp documentation do? So, so give me the overview. Give me what you tell your parents when they ask you what you do when you say you work with computers and, and they want you to fix their stuff. Um, so what, what do you tell them that you actually do? Wow, that's a loaded question, uh, especially with, uh, with my own parents. But <laughs> a lot of, you know, it's a good question, Justin. I, I think, um, you know, I, I could answer that as, you know, we write the guides, we write the docs, we do the videos, we, we, we edit strings inside GUIs, and we create illustrations and, and so forth. The more simple way to put it is, you know, we translate technical uh, content into terms that people can understand how, uh, what, what we mean, and they can understand most importantly, how to use our products based on the content we deliver, uh, we deliver them. We're, we're kind of translators. You know, a lot of us who are tech writers in, a, in the organization come from non-computer backgrounds. Some of us are a computer backgrounds. Some of us are previously programmers. But a lot of us uh, come from uh, other domains where we've learned how to uh, distill and translate complex 
content uh, and, and um, uh, into simpler terms for people to understand those things. So what do you own? I mean, do you own technical reports? Do you own the documentation to the actual products? And if you do, which products? All of them? Some of them? Well, we, we, we cut across the whole portfolio for NetApp. Um, so we provide documentation for hardware products and on-prem software products and for cloud products. And um, we, we own the docs.netapp.com service. That's how you find our content. Uh, it's available to the, the public interwebs. And um, we own what have traditionally been called documentation documentation guides, right, guides and so forth. Um, and TRs uh, you that you mentioned, Justin, are uh, what I consider uh, a neighboring type of documentation. We, we talk about content neighbors and uh, technical marketing engineers at NetApp who produce technical reports are definitely our neighbors. And we're actually um, starting to break down some of the fences that have been, t- been uh, between our properties over, over um, the last several years. So, Jen, you know, as far as documentation goes, you know, it's evolved over the years at NetApp. So what sort of things have you seen change in the last, say, five years um, from when you, you know, have been working with it from then till now? That's a great question. Thank you. Um, Yeah, we've been working, I would say, for the past five or so years to really try to connect uh, the content experience uh, more for the customer. So in the past, historically, tech writers are a little bit uh, embedded in products, you know, sort of the idea that there's this, I don't know, windowless garret and your tech writers there with their fingerless gloves transcribing uh, content uh, so that people can understand what a technologist has created. And that is all very true. But in the last few years, we've really focused ourselves on the customer experience and primarily on how we can make our content more findable uh, how we can connect different types of content in one place for a customer. And so we've invested pretty pretty heavily our, our attention in docs.netup.com. And one of the things that we did was we started delivering uh, content for some of our key products in what we call documentation centers. And what this did was it brought all the content for a particular product together in one place, made it very findable, uh, linkable, searchable, um, just a a really different content experience for folks. Uh, And more recently, what we've done with the help of of the the brains uh, behind our effort here, Axel, uh, who's on the call with us and one of our tech writers, um, our lead cloud content creator, is we've developed a GitHub um, implementation to deliver some of our documentation in a different way. This aligns really closely with the cloud products, which release quickly, and documentation also has to release quickly. Uh, It also gives us an opportunity to invite other folks in to help us with our content creation. We're developing a kind of a content community with folks who are experts, their ability to comment on and contribute to our documentation. Um, And our GitHub deployment has grown exponentially very, very quickly in the last year or so since we started investing in this area. And now we have, I think, an opportunity to really open up that type of documentation um, support to a lot of different sort of products, so beyond just cloud products. So we're trying to kind of integrate the content experience for the customer a little bit more. We've also upped our uh, video creation um, efforts, our our graphics 
uh, creation efforts to kind of provide a little bit more um, richness to the content that we develop um, at NetApp. So it's a little bit outside of the traditional technical documentation offering. Yeah, one thing I noticed was, you know, we've kind of evolved from just sending out PDFs to giving yep. a more web-based approach because w the challenge for customers was, you know, when you do a search in Google, it doesn't really crawl the PDFs very well. So trying to find your solution in a PDF involved you opening the PDF and then maybe doing control F and just trying to find what you needed to find. Whereas, you know, with, with the new approach, you can now find things through a, a normal search, like through, like you do with anything else. Yeah, that, that's a good point, Justin. I mean, in 2015, when we launched our first doc center uh, for ONTAP 9, uh, the key um, design point was make search easier for ONTAP uh, customers. So having all that content that used to be uh, in little information islands, PDFs, which you rightly point out, right, you, you'd land in and then you'd have to do further work. Um, having all that content in HTML and immediately searchable uh, was, uh, you know, as crazy as it sounds, a pretty monumental achievement for us. And we've since published, I think, close to 40 doc centers. Um, and what I think Jennifer was alluding to was while we continue to invest in doc center, we think there's a logical next step uh, to improving customer experience by moving toward GitHub. Uh, and Axel has uh, been a huge part of helping us uh, see the possibilities that we have. Um, and we're very much committed to continuing to invest in that platform, even though Doc Center is what launched us into a more digital presence. So, so Axel, with GitHub, I mean, I have a few questions about that. You know, number one, why GitHub? Like, why would you choose that platform? Because, I mean, traditionally, you think of GitHub as a code repository, but why would documentation fit there? Well, thanks for asking that. And first and foremost, um, you know, there's a lot of emerging companies, um, some of the hyperscalers that have already uh, migrated a lot of their technical content to GitHub. Uh, and they are one of the most active uh, organizations uh, within GitHub. Uh, so, um, you know, we're looking not just to them, but also industry go. And uh, when I first started at NetApp about three years ago, about three months in, um, Adam came to me and, and said, hey, we need to support our new cloud uh, division and being able to deliver content faster. Uh, and then we also need to be able to create a community platform uh, for people, just not just writers, but uh, other members outside of our organization and even customers being able to come in and uh, assist with some of the technical um, changes that are required. So it was about creating a community platform and a community environment. Uh, and that was really what started to drive us toward uh, GitHub as the uh, solution. And as we started to evaluate it, we realized that GitHub was actually natively supporting a lot of the tooling uh, that we would need and wanted to use. So it was it was a very logical process that actually naturally and organically uh, came about. So what sort of tooling does it require? I mean, what sort of things do you plug into it and how does it use GitHub? Yeah, so we use a static site generator, Jekyll, that is a competitor to WordPress and some of the other uh, more modern solutions out there. And uh, we... We use it um, alongside with ASCII doc. So ASCII doc is our authoring language. Uh, you'll see other formats such as Markdown and, and other languages. So we use those uh, in combination with GitHub pages um, to deliver our technical content. 
So I know with GitHub, you know, you have, you know, check-ins and check-outs and you can be, you know, most anybody can go in and change something. Did, are we going to open that up to everyone to modify the documentation or is that something that we're going to lock down and control from NetApp's perspective? Well, we want to be as open as possible, right? And uh, but at the same time, we have to have some level of control uh, to make sure that you know there's there's no profanity or other uh, inappropriate materials going in there. So there's obviously a review process that has to happen, uh, but we make that as painless as possible. We have uh, docu- we have our own uh, set of contributing guidelines uh, that we share with folks, uh, and is publicly accessible so that people can get in there and start contributing as fast as possible. So when you started doing this, how nervous was legal? <laughs> uh, that's a good question. Uh, you know, interestingly, uh, but you, Jennifer and Axel, keep me honest here. I, I'm going to say I don't remember them being being too nervous, actually. But uh, maybe I have revisionist uh, revisionist memory. Well, <laughs> you can't you can't uh, you can't commit a change to the documentation without it being approved by the the owner of that content. So you don't you can't just sort of come in and say you know uh, Justin is the greatest. Commit. Oh. <laughs> now that's part of the because clearly that would be rejected. Yeah. You can't yeah. do that. You, have to you can't be, post no, non factual things. No, you have to say well what what do you mean that is factual? Well, Justin is the greatest. Um, but but if I own the content for uh, for ONTAP and uh, Justin uh, logs into his GitHub uh, ID and says I I think you should update this topic to say Justin is the greatest as the owner of that content I would probably say no I'm not going to commit that change so it's not really a free for all but it is an opportunity all joking aside uh, Justin as an expert if you were to find content that could use uh, improving or was perhaps out of date uh, you simply log into GitHub and say, hey, Kaufman, you need to update this topic. ONTAP no longer supports uh, Justin being awesome. Now ONTAP has to be upgraded to support Justin being awesome. And I'd say, yeah, that's true. I checked with my technical subject matter experts. This is accurate. And I can commit that change right then and there rather than having to go through uh, a complicated, um, you know, update process uh, through slower, um, less agile tooling. So that's one of the benefits that it gives us. It allows us to to invite uh, experts in uh, to offer up some contributions to the documentation, which we can either accept or decline to accept if they're inappropriate or not 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 technically accurate. Yeah, I mean, you know, um, if you go to the docs.netapp.com uh, service, and for example, were to take a look at one of our uh, one of our products whose docs are, are documented in GitHub, maybe Cloud Manager, for example, you'll see on every page a little button that says edit on GitHub uh, or request uh, change, I think. Um, the edit on GitHub does allow uh, somebody who's visiting to do an edit if they want to. But again, just to underscore the point, that gets queued up for review and approval or, or actually de- declined. Um, it could be declined as well. Uh, but the, the point is, you know, we, we feel open is the direction for documentation and we're finding the tools to help um, create openness in our general delivery of content. And uh, I think Axel said it before, you know, the idea is that we want to create a community of content contributors who span the ranks of NetApp employees and customers, uh, because oftentimes we'll, we'll learn from a customer or a partner, something that even our technical engine, you know, our engineers that we work with, our product managers and so forth, 
didn't quite understand until it went out, right? Um, in, in, in the actual use of the product. I think that is that the evolution of this department is partly driven by something that Adam will sometimes remind us of if we forget. Uh, we have a, a what we call a like a content ops mentality, right? So the idea is you're producing content, you're testing content, you're revising content, and content is living. Um, and this is quite different than if you look back, I don't know, five, six, eight years ago, where content would be this um, static sort of uh, thing that would be delivered uh, when a product released, and then it would sort of hang around <laughs> and be difficult to update, difficult to refresh, um, and sort of frozen in time. And gradually over the past, I don't know, you know, maybe five or six years, we've looked to more and more agile ways to deliver content. Um, delivering content via an application, delivering content in a way that it can be easily updated. Uh, we're looking for that kind of agility so that our content is a, is living and not static and not stale. And it's a big mindset shift and it's, um, you know, exciting and, and it can be quite challenging. But that's the idea is to kind of be more in alignment with that sort of mentality. So I know with GitHub, you can do things like polls and, and that sort of thing. And I know that companies like to customize their own documentation. So is there some sort of middle ground where a company can pull down our docs and then maintain their own repository of their own docs where they can modify what's there and then make it their own? You know, that's a good question, uh, Justin. I, I think that the uh, we're doing that in, in one sense actually already with, uh, with a partner. Um, they have access to our um, to our Git, um, GitHub organization, NetApp Docs, uh, and they do grab our, our source files and modify them uh, for their needs. We have a business relationship with them. Um, and and I, I don't right now know of a company that is doing that. Uh, they wouldn't have access to our, um, our, our content to do so, but um, I think it would have to be on a case-by-case basis with uh, and understanding what the business requirements would be. Right. And I mean, basically pulling it into your own repository, right? You're not modifying the existing ones and you're just changing things that, that match your environment. Like, you know, whether it's host names or it's specific use cases and, you know, and making it your own documentation center for your particular environment. Yeah. Well, um, that actually gets to a, a sort of vision thing that we have, which is this notion of being, able to create doc microservices. So basically, you know, could you have a future where our content is put out there for assimilation into various endpoints that could be our own inside NetApp from other teams that need our content to produce a deliverable or for other companies that we have a relationship with to use our content in their own contexts. Um, so there could be a, an application out there that needs to access our content in some way and use it for their purposes. Uh, and GitHub has APIs that would allow that, for example. Um, so the idea here is to be able to leverage the native uh, features of GitHub in order to liberate the value of our content in as many contexts as possible. And that's sort of a a defining theme uh, that Jennifer was talking about is we, you know, when we think about the continuum for the last five years at NetApp, one of the, the big things is extracting maximum value from the content investment that we make. So I've, I've 
been playing with Trident a, b- a bit lately and in, in looking at their docs, and it sounds similar to what this approach is, where they have things in GitHub and they're, they have the read the docs dot io um is it have you taken inspiration from what they've done or have you worked with them at all you know to to kind of implement what they have today so um george tarani the product manager for trident and i have spoken on a number of occasions about the similarities and dissimilarities between what we're doing there are a lot of similarities uh and yeah we learned from him uh and from that team generally we learned from uh, anybody we can, uh, Microsoft, for example, right? We go, uh, their entire doc service is run on GitHub. Um, and we've met with them and talked to them about how they implemented that, that dramatic change. Um, we're learning from some of our hyperscaler partners that we're working with, right? With the Microsoft ANF um, product. We have a, a writer who is actually contributing our content into Microsoft's GitHub. Uh, we're also learning from other partners, um, even Google, for example, with uh, Google Cloud Platform Docs. Uh, those aren't in GitHub, but we're also um, working with them to contribute content uh, into their repositories. So, uh, try to uh, actually, I think a big opportunity there, um, and I've just been talking to uh, a member of the Active IQ engineering team, a big opportunity would be can we integrate the doc content? That, may, that maybe the source files are sitting in the NetApp GitHub organization, which is primarily an engineering organization. Is there a way that we can programmatically pull uh, source from their GitHub repos and incorporate it into the docs.netapp.com service for delivery? Uh, and I think there is a, a big opportunity there uh, for us in the future. So are there any plans for doing something like a solutions menu, right? So like, let's say I'm a, I'm going to deploy NetApp storage and I know the application I want to run, like I'm going to do an Oracle database. So I have a menu where I say I want to run Oracle on NFS, on ONTAP. And then when I click those three options, it grabs all the related docs that I need to deploy that solution. Is, is that something that you're looking at or is that something that's already there? I think what we see, Justin, is uh, that we are... As we moved into GitHub, you know, we are breaking down our first paradigm, our historical paradigm, which is guide thinking. Okay, so we've, we've moved away from guide thinking. I think the next opportunity that we have is to think about how to join uh, our content efforts with other authoring teams. Uh, so, for example, your mention of solutions is a really good one. Could we, in fact, have a a delivery interface where we allow people to self-select, say I'm interested in things of type Oracle. Um, I think that's entirely possible uh, and our, our investment in GitHub gives us the flexibility to build that kind of solution in the future. Do we have it today? We don't, but I know um, Jennifer, I was, I was pointing at her on the Zoom screen. Uh, Jennifer and team are, are looking at some interesting opportunities with one of our forthcoming products. I think one other thing we've we've been hearing from because we get input from all different folks uh, about technical uh, opportunities, and I think one parallel that has kind of resonated with me is around Ansible modules. And while I'm not uh, incredibly experienced with Ansible, right, we would kind of be thinking about doing something similar with the documentation, where you almost kind of create a playbook uh, that when you want to do something specific uh, with one of our products, we would provide that playbook of documentation. Uh, in a contextual form that is meaningful to the end user. 
Yeah, we have this concept of of our content being, Adam alluded to it, you know, the, the concept of extracting maximum value from content. We have a huge amount of content at NetApp, um, and it's very useful, uh, and there's a lot of it. And the trick is to connect that content to lots and lots of different endpoints in our in our ecosystem. So that could be uh, it could be an API, it could be Ansible, it could be a product GUI, it could be uh, help content, it could be surfaced in a product like Active IQ, it could be in product documentation in a classical sense available to you as a, a how-to topic in the form of a written or or visual information that the customer uh, or partner conceives to help them be successful. But the idea is that we have this tremendous amount of information available to us. And unless we contextualize it and deliver it, it's not really that useful. So a lot of the things that we're working on internally have to do with turning this incredible uh, uh, lake of information that we have into useful bits that can be uh, shared throughout the, the, the portfolio in whatever format is the best in the best way to share it. Um, I think that that's, that's underlying a lot of our activities. I don't know, this is part of Adam's kind of vision for us as an information team. Um, we're, not, uh, we're not just what you would consider to be tech writers. We're really looking at information planning and content strategy from a kind of a wider perspective. Um, I don't know, that I'm a little off. Yeah, I, I, here, but 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 I think it informs a lot of our 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 technological endeavors are informed by this desire to take the content we've got and do something really effective with it to to have the, the customer have a successful experience with the product. And, and on that point about the content we've got, maybe tying this back to Justin's uh, question, if I understood it correctly, Justin, like you know, all, all content of type Oracle. Maybe I could just use that as a a thumbnail sketch. Um, you know, one thing you one thing you need to know is okay. How, what content do we have related to thing of type Oracle? And so we actually have a uh, an innovation program going on right now that we're the internal name is Content Lake. Uh, Axel's leading that program, and one of the reasons that we're running that program is to try to figure out how to best quantify and visualize the investment we've made as a company in content across a number of different vectors. Uh, one of those vectors could be, for example, applications or partners or something like that. And they could say, okay, well, if we believe that we've got adequate or inadequate amount of content related to Oracle, how might we express that visually in a quantified way that would help us understand the way forward? Um, so that is another thing we're doing today related to extracting the value of the content investment that we've made. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess, mean, content, there's, there's business intelligence that can be obtained from looking at content. Um, another thing we've done recently is we've created uh, executive content uh, performance dashboards for internal folks. And what that does is that allows us to take a picture of where our customers coming from, what are they looking at, and what are they doing next. And that's a, a, a level of intelligence that we can offer. Now, it's about content ostensibly, but it's really about how are people engaging with the products. Um, so there's a lot there. There's a lot of, of you know, I give, remember folks were saying, you know, data is the new oil. Well, content is information and that is also valuable and you can learn a lot from, from it if you uh, operationalize kind of looking into how it's, how it's being consumed. 
sorry, I interrupted somebody. I think it was you, Justin. No, that's fine. I was gonna, I was gonna add, was gonna add to this. So, yeah, the, the the impetus behind this was that we have so much information, like Adam mentioned, and then you know, even if you can find it, if let's say you do a search for Oracle, you, and if you get a, a hundred docs <laughs> as a search result. That's still completely overwhelming. So, you know, being able to narrow that down and, and drill it into the most n- essential and most current information is going to be, I think, important. Yeah, uh, Justin, it, it really is. You know, the statement you just made is is so representative. You know, you guys have so much content. It's all over the place, you know. And then when I find it, sometimes this piece contradicts that piece or it it, it seems really old, but then I found another piece over there. So, you know, we can't really talk about a future that's better without also talking about what content is housed, where and why. And one of the reasons that we think docs.netapp.com has um has a, a, a big future is that we can bring together and coalesce content in ways we haven't in the, in the past, particularly, for example, with teams like our technical marketing engineers are having incredibly fruitful discussions across the board with members of the technical marketing engineering team because they see an opportunity to be able to move to a more agile delivery platform, which I, I think they also hope will free them from um, the, uh, the the sort of lagging, the long tail of content that they, they tra- trail behind them in the past, right? And if they sort of <laughs> can't shed, um, this would be an easier way for them to create uh, content and more agilely and more frequently update it. Uh, so I think it's, um, it, it's, it's a big challenge, right? This investment we've made, how to know how much, whether we're, uh, invested properly or improperly. Um, but one thing we've never done is actually quantified it and visualize it. So that's what we're trying to do um, for the purposes of making better uh, business decisions. So Axel, you know, we, we've been making this move to do more open source documentation and, and improving how we find things. How does that infrastructure look like? How is it built and where do we put it? Where do we all put all that data and information? And I ask because a lot of companies have similar challenges with their documentation they try to keep things up to date and wiki or whatever, and it just doesn't work out for them. So, so how does that work for us? Well, primarily when we use GitHub, uh, we have uh, each of our repositories that maintains a product or a feature. Um, and, and different companies handle it different ways. Um, each of them have their own merits, uh, but we decided on our approach and uh, we feel it's, it's able to scale out pretty, pretty well at a low cost. Um, and, you know, GitHub has its own wiki, right? And um, that has certain level of control access issues. Uh, so we made the decision that we're actually going to store it in the repository itself um, because that gives us greater control over it. Uh, and then we leverage all of these different open source tools to help build that content uh, in the way that we need to. Uh, and with Adam, he has all kinds of different uh, rules and requirements and, and whatnot. So uh, this helps me uh, achieve his level of goals and customization. Um, and so that's really what this is about for us. So what were some of the challenges that you had initially when deploying this, Adam? Like, what And what were the solutions for those challenges? You know, it's interesting. We were, we were I think Axel alluded to it before, one of the we were responding to a challenge initially. So let's not you know, sugarcoat this. We were getting crushed by the speed of our cloud um, offerings. We could not keep up with our traditional authoring workflow. 
which our traditional authoring workflow uh, is a, a, a form of XML, an open standard called DITA. Uh, and NetApp has been using DITA since uh, the very early days of DITA, 2009, somewhere around there, maybe even earlier. Um, but because of, it wasn't just DITA, uh, but our own apparatus and the way we published through the support site and so forth historically, we just didn't have um, enough time to keep up, uh, Justin. So we had to go to a more agile delivery model. We had to... Um, really basically radically rethink how we were doing content delivery, including, I think Jennifer alluded to this before, including our own biases toward being perfect and, and complete. I mean, one of the things that uh, GitHub lets us do is quickly recover when we've made a mistake or, or we've released something with a gap. Um, that That's that's the, the goal, right? We can immediately update uh, based on feedback. Um, you asked about the big change, I guess, going forward. Um, well, Justin, I can't really think of a major change uh, management conflict that we have related to the change in the platform. I, I really can't. I mean, I think some teams within NetApp, uh, within my own organization, I just say some writing groups have not been able to adopt it as fast as perhaps they'd like. Um, because they have had their own uh, historical workflows and the sheer volume of content, they may not be able to imagine an easy way to migrate, for example. Um, that's something we're working on now and trying to figure out ways to migrate more of our teams uh, into our GitHub authoring workflows. But generally speaking, um, Justin, I, I can't remember a product team, a product manager, anybody complaining and you know, for some of our more senior executives, um, most of them have been uh, unhappy that we can't move even faster. Justin, can we put it on you? I mean, are you hearing anything that yeah, has, yeah, has what's interesting to you, Justin? Or, you know, <laughs> has it sounded strong? Sounded uh, like it should have been fleshed out more. I mean, maybe you you do this more than we do. So, what do you? Where's the opportunity? I think I've asked a few questions along those lines about what I where I think it could go, right? With solution driven stuff, um, the ability to to customize as needed, um, being more flexible with that. So I think I think that's right. I see it possibly going is having more um, flexibility with what it can do. Um, but yeah, and then and, and, and you know pointing the example of Trident and how they do things. I mean, I've I've been pleased with how their documentation looks and, and feels and, and is navigated. Um, and I think that you know having having the documentation navigate like that as a good step um with your t current documentation i think it's the, the navigation is pretty good too it's bet a lot better than it used to be for sure um i yeah. think it was like basically like html frames and stuff and it was just right. smart. yeah yeah it looked more like the old like if you pressed f1 in word <laughs> Right. Yeah. 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 Window. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> only. Only we didn't have a Clippy, which we should totally have a Clippy. We have Doc the Owl. We toasty. Turn him into Clippy. We should have a little piece of toast. Toasty the toaster. <laughs> flying toast. toast. Maybe uh, flying toasters. There you go. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. The, the yeah the old Windows screensaver. The old yeah, the old yeah. Mac. It was a Mac screensaver. Oh, Mac screensaver. That was Whatever. Same, same <laughs> difference. 
Well, I mean, maybe, you know, what I, maybe, I, you know, we're, we're doing some meta, meta discussion here, but I, I really do think for us, Justin, the, the, I guess, the opportunity, I, I, I like to talk about, again, this, this notion of extracting maximum value from our investment in the content. And I see that the way we do that is to provide content in as many contexts as possible, um, making our content available to consuming applications uh, and to uh, end users who want to redeploy or use that content uh, for their own purposes. So we have some examples at NetApp today of applications, for example, ActiveIQ, that are actually integrating our content, displaying our content inside the context of the, of the application itself to provide guidance. This is not online help. This is actually you know, based on a risk signature inside that customer's environment. We give them intelligence uh, and guidance based on the documentation. So they don't have to go refer to a refer to a guide, for example. Um, so that's one thing I, I think we'd want to underscore. As far as what's coming up, I and mean, what are you, what are the initiatives that are down the coming down the pike in the future, like in the next few months or year? The the, the big opportunities right now that we're working on is to uh, create that community that we talked about inside of NetApp. So. I mentioned the, the earlier neighbors, right? Then we have neighbors, content neighbors. Uh, technical marketing engineering is a big content neighbor. Um, our support organization is a content neighbor. Uh, NetApp Learning Services, uh, NetApp University is a content neighbor. These are all teams that produce content that our customers and partners use in addition to ours. And uh, we have some experiments running today with all of those groups. Um, they're inside our GitHub uh, organization. They're working inside their own repos to see how the platform might help them. And the idea would be not only to help them, but ultimately to help each other deliver content together. And I think that's a big, big opportunity to um, bring islands of information that were previously out, for example, on Field Portal. Um, or in PDFs on www closer to the IE, my, my team's content, and vice versa. So the customers don't have to uh, traverse multiple websites in order to find content from um, other authoring teams. I mean, historically, uh, and I don't think NetApp is unique this way, is we've had a lot of purpose-built websites um, <clears throat> that reflect NetApp's internal organizational structure but don't necessarily provide the kind of customer, seamless customer experience that we want to deliver. But I see us marching toward that future where we have more integrated content on fewer websites uh, delivered in the same type of format available to as many people as possible to help us um, contribute to that content and maintain it. We're looking for ways for to, to create a, a frictionless consumption of information, right? So make it easy to find, make it easy to find regardless of which content team created it, make it easy to, to understand it all came from the same company, make it easy to understand how to use the products or solutions. We're just trying to reduce the difficulty <laughs> uh, with which people consume technical information that will help them be successful with our products. And so we've got a lot of different things that we're doing to try to reach that goal. 
of, of this sort of, um, you know, ease of consumption. Um, so, you know, GitHub is one of those things. There's a number of other things we're working on to try to make it very easy to find and consume the content that will make it easy for you to use our products successfully. That's like a mindset, I think, that we've got right now. And we'll see maybe more opportunities to do the kind of thing you're talking about, Justin, where maybe there's a sort of like a doc on demand or, a, you know, configurable uh, content output. Um, and that would that would be in, in service to this goal. But basically, we're just looking for opportunities to create what we call a, a content fabric solution where you've got lots of different types of content that are all connected and being delivered uh, seamlessly to folks so that they can be successful. You know, if other folks out there are going through uh, similar concerns and are looking to do uh, something similar, right, um, and some of the challenges and, and benefits of what we've seen so far, uh, this project has been uh, fairly successful. Um, speaking from my own experience, uh, you know, this has probably been the most uh, organically successful project that I've ever worked on. Uh, and so we've I've been very pleased with the result of it. And every little decision that we got we made along the way uh, has turned out to be uh, relatively a, a good decision. Um, so I've had a great team of people helping me along the way. Some of the technical pieces that you have to think about, right, is not just about putting some documentation up on a website, but at the enterprise level, you have to think about larger scale of things such as search engine search engine optimization, uh, globalization, uh, how you're going to control releases. Uh, and as we're moving in toward cloud more and more, right, we have uh, new requirements coming on uh, that may not follow the traditional release model. So those are some of the uh, challenges that you have coming across and then metrics and other uh, uh, application-based uh, challenges as well. So those we, we had to think through uh, very carefully uh, and we continue to do uh, as we're looking at integrating more and more content on GitHub. You know, another thing about where we are as an organization and where we think we need to, to go to align to NetApp's business priorities is we're trying to make our writing team and the teams at NetApp who produce content, we're trying to give them the opportunity to move toward this future at the pace which they can move toward it. So we're not uh, mandating, we're not dictating we're proving the value of the, of the service through its delivery. And more and more people are coming to want to join us, and we're allowing them to do that at their own pace, giving them a set of guidelines, but not um, overly go go governing the process or giving them too strict a set of rules or timeframes in which to operate. And historically, our writers have been operating in a XML model called DITA, uh, which is the fairly standard uh, model for writing technical documentation across the world. Uh, but as we look toward non-technical writers that are contributing to our, our, to our service, uh, they're not going to have the time to understand all of the rules and complexities of DITA. So we're finding more and more uh, fast-paced models, uh, whether it be a WYSIWYG editor or even the languages themselves, like ASCII doc or Markdown, uh, to help support them in being able to contribute to our technical content. All right, Adam, Axel, Jennifer, thanks so much for joining us today. Again, if we wanted to reach you, Jennifer, how do we do that? Jennifer, how do we do that? Unmute. You're muted. Calvin? Uh, should, I, should I unmute first? Would that be more helpful? Um, I, did you read the doc? <laughs> RTFM. Um, I can be reached on Twitter at the Jen Kaufman. 
um, or I can be reached at the general documentation um, email address for our department, which is doccomments at netapp.com. Is that right, Adam? Did I say that right? Yep. That's our email address. Okay. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, Axel, how do we reach you? Hey, you can reach me on LinkedIn at Axel Davis, all one word. And Adam Newton. And you can reach me on Twitter at Adam F. Newton and also at .comments at netapp.com. All right. Thanks so much for joining us. All right. That music tells me it's time to go. If you'd like to get in touch with us, send us an email to podcast at netapp.com or send us a tweet at netapp. As always, if you'd like to subscribe, find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or via TechOnTapPodcast.com. If you like the show today, leave us a review. On behalf of the entire Tech on Tap Podcast team, I'd like to thank Adam Newton, Axel Davis, and Jennifer Kaufman for joining us today. As always, thanks for listening. Oh, yeah. Is it just me that's getting off on this? Oh, yeah.